right. Let's do this, people. Coming in hot, 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 hot. All right, good morning, folks. Today is Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 333 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Zombie Guy, Justin, J-Mac, Andy Nakamura, Josh Mason, Behind the Glass, and the other mods, and all of you passive observers, Team Live, Team Replay, we're going to be coming in hot with the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be providing my opinion, my expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, we absolutely got you covered. Got, uh, I'll talk about this like a little bit later, but got a new coffee experiment. If you've been a regular of the show, you know what's going on with that. I've yet to take a sip of this coffee. I wanted to save the first sip for you guys, just like first blush on the news. Guys, we've got a great show for you today. I hope you're excited. Wednesday, it's Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to go around the world. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor and the whole team over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. I'm talking get the pink bottle for tummy troubles because it's going to be a hot mess and fire. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They have that skill. Not only do they know how to mitigate the damage done, they can do it swiftly and help your business get up out of the fire and get back on their feet again. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. This is their website if you're watching live on stream right now. Scroll down, there's Eric Taylor's calendar. Bold man putting himself out there on the internet, but you know what? He's all about helping people. 10 a.m. today, you could get on his on his uh, calendar, get in a meeting with him, and talk about what it would look like for Barricade to help your business in the event of a really bad situation. Thank you, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Also want to say shout out and a little love to XM Cyber, newest sponsor of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Many of you know about them, but let me share that with those who may not or remind you. Everybody, guys, businesses, they have IT infrastructure. Many of them have cloud now. Many of them have hybrid, on-prem, and cloud. Very few people are like YOLO and just go up to the cloud. So with that, you have misconfigurations, you have security vulnerabilities, you have mismanaged credentials, both on-prem and in the cloud. You know, all you did was really, (laughs) all you really did was take the peanut butter knife and like smear the trouble across two pieces of bread, on-prem and cloud slices. But don't worry, don't worry. Most of the time, you would look at them in silos. Like, okay, like identity and access management people are over here. The IT team is doing patching over here. The vulnerability management analyst is getting hosed one way uh, or another because you're not looking at these things in the way that they integrate with each other. But XM Cyber's introduced a new way to address this, right? So instead of looking at it individually in silos, they can combine all of these different dimensions together in a very visually appealing. It's very, You know how I am about logos and infographics, guys. XM Cyber's visual uh, representation of attack paths is actually quite satisfying. Um, <laughs> so it'll show you the attack paths that uh, threat actors can operate across. It can show you security control gaps in your cloud or on-prem. You might think that you got a good situation. It wasn't properly implemented. So you've got issues there. It will literally show you. 
Now, here's the best part. Because of all that, you can actually pinpoint choke points and prioritize systems on your network or in the cloud that would give you high risk reduction if you focus on tightening up the um, access controls around those boxes or security patching those systems, right? Like, and, you know, uh, uh, an SSL, expired SSL cert on some internal system has a way different risk exposure than, say, I don't know, Exchange On-Prem. Just saying. Go to xmcyber.com, click on the link in the description below, and uh, if you want to get a demo and check out their exposure management platform, like I said, visually, it's it's quite appealing. It's delicious. Nom, 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 nom. All right, guys, it is Worldwide Wednesday, which is super awesome. Before I before we go around the world, hold your horses. Mods, I'm going to need help with this, too, so please prep uh, for a deluge of good times coming in hot. Let me get my mod chat up. Guys, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat. Um... Um, say what's up in chat, right? Get the, get the credits for the CPEs. If you're team live, hashtag team live. Um, uh, you know, I love, I love the team live. I see 137 of you right there and we've only been live for a minute. So 142, we're pushing in. This is great. If you're on team replay, drop a link in chat for hashtag team replay. Um, we'll do, uh, the simply cyber community challenge in a little bit. And finally, my team, uh, passive observer people, if you are quiet, if you are introverted, if you're in the background, if you're um, reluctant to step forward and say hi in chat, just say hashtag passive observer and watch the Simply Cyber community welcome you with open arms. Hashtag passive observer. Start your networking professionally within our community and the greater cybersecurity community today. Hashtag passive observer. Guys, I'm going to take one slug off this cup of coffee and then we're going to go around the world. Okay, okay. All right, hold on now. Damn. Hold on, this might be... A, we'll have to come back on this. But I, I chose Sumatra today since we're going around the world. I thought it would be uh, apropos to do that. The Sumatra one's got, got potential, guys. All right, check it out. We got Worldwide Wednesday. Let me pull this up really quickly. Guys, Worldwide Wednesday, I'm very proud to... Let you know that Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training uh, that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SimplyCyber30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. If you're a veteran, use, uh, like, I don't know what the promo code is, but veterans get 60% off. So definitely, like, as much as I'd love you to use Simply Cyber 30, get that 60% off. Don't worry about the 30% off. Go all, oh my God, what is going on here, bro? Enough with you. All right. So thank you very much. Now my favorite part of the day, of the week, we're going all around. Guys, so if you're not familiar with what we do, every Wednesday, we call out where are people at, and then we light up the map. And we see if we can go around the world. So with that, welcome everybody. Tell me where you at. Let's get it going. Marcus Granny first on the board with Florida. Love it. Beaumont, Texas. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Thanks, Abdullah. Boom. Afghanistan's in the house. Phoenix is in the house. What's up? Sun Devil, Atlanta, Georgia, Southern Cali. What's up? Sycamore, Illinois. Denver's in the house. Big Mountains. Upper Peninsula, the UP. Poland, Poland, hold on, Poland's gonna be a good one. Boom, we got Europe online, Canada, bringing the Maple Leaf in full effect. 
What's up, Zenabal? Passive observer, good to see you. What's up, Oslan? Boom, oi, oi, oi. Bethlehem, PA, up in here, Chechia, Chechia. Uh, Maj, you're gonna have to tell me where Chechia is. I know it's somewhere in this middle um, eastern block over here, but I, I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Greenland, Nook, Greenland. I'm gonna have to look that up on a map. I love it. India's in the house, representing VA, Turkey, Turkey. Yes, what's up, Turkey? Hey, Connecticut, I see you. BS Computer Science, I love it. New Jersey's in here, Dirty Jersey. Love me some uh, Fat Moons, Fat Cocos. Left Levtown, PA, love it. I've been to the grease trucks down in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. Love those grease trucks. DR, the DR's in here, is that Leonardo? UK, Scotland. Dominican Republic's online. What's up, Strasbourg? Coming in correct for the PA crew. What's up, Rhode Island? Representing the smallest state in the great uh, great state of the United States, although I don't know if Hawaii's smaller. Switzerland. Oh my God, where is Switzerland? I know Switzerland's nu neutral. All right, guys, that was a really, hold on, I must have messed up. Chechia, hold on, there's Chechia. Let me look at the mods here. I got Chechia, UK, Cayman Islands, Turkey, Czech Republic, which is uh, near Germany. We didn't have any South America, no Africa. This is our worst performance to date, guys. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. It's just we usually have. Uh, it's usually one country. I mean, uh, one continent that we miss. Swiss up at the top. Sweden, Latvia, Lithuania. Denmark, Belarus. Oh my God. Hold on, let me do this really quickly. Czech Republic, Chechia hangs ahead. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, guys, with all due respect, I, I love. Let me check. Uh, let me check what the mods had to say here. Michigan, Poland, UK, Georgia, Texas. Uh, South Africa. Hold on. Tim. Tim's here. Tim, are you South Africa? Okay, Robert Morris. Thank you. I'm going to call that. We've got multiple South Africans up in here. All right, all right, all right. I feel I feel much better, guys. Okay, um, way to go. Uh, we had a tough time with um, with South America, which is no surprising. Uh, but guys, good job on Worldwide Wednesday. We'll get it next time. Ooh, Switzerland's really packed in here. With uh, Josh Mason might be helping me next week with Worldwide Wednesday to do the map. Oh, Switzerland, blink. There we go. Love it, love it, love it. I got the mods uh, sh showing me maps. Korea's in here. All right. All right, guys. Thank you all very much for playing Worldwide Wednesday. We'll do our best to get it. Oh, Argentina. Hold on. Hold on. Colombia and Argentina are here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you serious? Is this a joke? Is this a joke? We have Colombia and South America. And Buenos Aires. Stop. Isn't Buenos Aires Brazil? Ireland? Hold on, you guys. All right, all right. There we go, guys. <laughs> well then. Boom, roasted. Looks like we are nailing a deep sleep coming in correct. It's Argentina, thank you. So, guys. Hold on. Around the world. All right, nice job, everybody. I love it, I love it, I love it. Thank you all so very much for playing. 
This is fantastic. It warms my heart to know that the Simply Cyber community is not just inclusive and supportive, but we have we have international representation. It, it very much warms my heart to know how legit this is and how diverse it is. All right, guys. If you're here for the news, you're probably like, come on, Jared, get on with the news. Sit back, relax, and let's get into the news. Let's what let's let the awesome um, sounds of the top cyber news wash over us in an awesome wave. Okay, here we go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Microsoft unveils OpenAI-based chat tools to combat cyber attacks. On Tuesday, Microsoft announced its new AI security co-pilot, which brings generative AI capabilities to its in-house security suite. The GPT-4-based chat tool integrates with existing Microsoft security products, including Defender, Sentinel, Entra, Purview, Priva, and Intune. Copilot can analyze data from these tools and provide in-depth explanations, including visualizations and suggested remedies. The tool can also take action against certain threats, such as deleting email messages containing malicious content identified through prior analysis. All right. Okay. Shall we play again? That didn't take long. <laughs> that didn't take long. I mean, guess, I guess if you're going to invest $49 billion into something, you'd like to see a return on your investment sooner than later. So Microsoft um, owns 49% of ChatGPT, and they have now integrated, which, by the way, I might say they did it incredibly fast, too, right? They probably asked ChatGPT how to integrate itself <laughs> with Microsoft Product Suite. And then ChatGPT is like, oh, one second. Blah. Like, here's a bunch of code. Uh, run it. So, guys, um, Office 365 has done amazing, uh, I think, amazing work towards moving security uh, into being accessible, into being useful. Exchange Online Protection is very good at email uh, filtering and web gateway stuff. Um, Sentinel, I haven't personally played with, but Sentinel is a SIM. So it's a log aggregation center allowing SOC analysts to be able to see correlations and aggregations of behaviors on uh, a business network. Um, Intune is the mobile device management, like basically to manage... Um, mobile phones and uh, uh, tablets and stuff like that, even even laptops and workstations, right? So all of these tools together make a comprehensive security operations um, solution or ecosystem, for lack of a better term. Now, that's all well and good when you have all of that stuff. But just because Sentinel's doing things, just because Exchange is doing things, you still need humans to look at it and understand what's right and what's wrong. Because here's the thing. Um, like, so an email comes through and it gets blocked, but it's legit. Some human has to go release that email, right? Email comes through and it's a fish, but it gets through the filter. Some, some human needs to tune the exchange online, right? Uh, uh, you got traveling salesmen going to Argentina. Thank you, Buenos Aires, right? Going down to Argentina. And then all of a sudden you get some type of like, um, conditional access issue because it looks like um, a malicious, uh, you know, like basically this user always logs in from Rhode Island and now all of a sudden they're logging in from Buenos Aires. The the, the system may block their access because it thinks it's um, a malicious um, attempt, right? So some human has to go in and do all this, right? This I'm just laying this all out here so you can understand. Yes, the security suite is awesome, but this is a reason why humans need to be involved. 
now introduced Microsoft's ChatGPT integration. So now, um, excuse me, with this, they've baked it into all the products. So I think it's going to give some more uh, insight and more context. So it, the reality is this is really, really awesome, in my opinion, for SOC analysts. If you are grabbing your ankles right now and, go, and bracing for impact, LOL. Uh, <laughs> it might be too early for that joke. I don't even know why I said that. I'm sorry. If, if, if you're, <laughs> wow, this coffee. Um, if you're, um, if you're worried that JetGPT is going to take your job, then don't worry about that because it's not. When you see some type of bad on a network, right? Or you see some type of anomalous thing or whatever, or some domain comes in or some PDF attachment, whatever. There's like basic triage behavior, okay? I have a video on the channel on like what my triage uh, workflow is for phishing emails, for example. So go check that out if you're interested, <laughs> Kimberly. So, um, so that 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 standard triage behavior that can be automated. And then, like, guys, if you're like, oh my god, the the, the robots, the robots are gonna take my job, guys. We've had SOAR security orchestration automation for years. And nobody was complaining about this, okay? So just think of it as this is an ability to help us do our job faster, better. We're like the $5 million man or the $6 million man or whatever um, on being faster, better, stronger, quicker, more informed. I personally have an office, because I have a business of my own. A lot of people don't know this, but I have my own business also. And it's an Office 365 shop. So I'm actually very interested in getting in and playing with these things. And if I have time, I'll make some content around this technology. Um, but I think it's really, really cool. And I'm excited about it. The trick is going to be... The trick is going to be organizations adopting this kind of technology in a way that is deliberate and meaningful. And what do I mean by that? Well, here's the thing. And this is a reality. So if you're just getting into the industry, be aware of this. And if you are been in the industry for a long time, then you know dang well what I'm about to say is truth. Guys, like just because there's new technology doesn't mean that like everything just switches. Like it's so common for people, infosec people too. Like let's not let's not not throw stones at ourselves. But like all this tech, you'd be like, oh my God, ChatGPT is all up in Microsoft's, um, you know, 0365, like let's say Sentinel, turn it on, let's see what happens. And you like flip a bunch of switches and you're like, huh, uh, it's all right, it's okay. Like you don't, you don't really execute and follow through. You certainly don't plan up front. You just go in and start flipping switches, right? When in reality, you should have a plan. You should have some type of metric to understand whether or not it's successful, whether or not it adds value to your business. Then you flip some switches. And then if you decide not to go forward with it, turn the switches off. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just flip the switches and then see what happens. And then, they, they, then they're like, ah, it's all right. Or it's not all right. And then they just leave it like that. This is called like... It's my <laughs> Dude, if you turn a bunch of crap on and then leave because you didn't think it was cool or whatever, you're introducing all sorts of potential attack surface. So just be mindful of that. Play with it. Play with it. Check it out. Let me know in chat if you guys do play with it, my O365 people. I'm going to try to get in there later today. Google accused of willfully destroying evidence in antitrust battle. Oh, my God. Google That's... is finding itself in legal hot water after a mix of state government, corporate and individual plaintiffs accused the tech giants employees of intentionally disposing of chat history related to Google's anti-competitive agreements, among other issues. 
In a legal brief filed on Monday, the plaintiffs argue that Google hindered the Android antitrust case and called for a substantial penalty from the San Francisco federal courts. According to the DOJ, Google defaulted most chat sessions to history off when it should have kept history on due to requirements associated with ongoing litigation. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's not a good idea? Destroying evidence, you dipped Oh my god! Seriously, Google of all con uh, co companies, right? Do no evil used to be their motto until they, um, and this is a true story. Do no evil used to be their motto until they started um, doing business in China and then realized in order to do business in China, they had to enable the Chinese government to <laughs> kind of control the results of the Google query. And they were like, ah, it's a long story. It is covered in, um, oh my God, this, this is how they tell me the world ends. That book, very good book, worth reading. Okay, so Google... I didn't realize this. Google again accused Will Filling destroying. So here's the thing. As much as I love some Google, um, you know, guys, here's the thing is like any business is gonna take on the attitude of its leadership, but for but having said that, all businesses are made up of people and people operate with autonomy, right? So like I'm sure whoever destroyed this, when they say Google, it was somebody working at Google who destroyed the evidence. Somebody at Google made a calculated decision to either destroy evidence or direct somebody to destroy evidence, right? So, you know, I'm not saying lone wolf here, but I don't think Google's just going around destroying evidence wholesale. Like, like to me, like FTX, for example, is a company where like everybody was like all on board with doing illegal stuff everybody. Google, I feel like there's pockets probably, right? So the Google chat histories um, around an antitrust litigation uh, says that they've been destroying the evidence. Yeah. Guys, when you're involved, like here's the bad thing. When you're actively involved in litigation, you have to, you have to realize like all communications, everything you document can be called on as evidence, right? And by the way, this is why FTX, just to kind of pull it back into FTX for a second, you know how there's certain messaging apps that will destroy, I think Telegram does it now, will destroy your message after a certain period of time. This was the whole like appeal of um, Snapchat when Snapchat first came out because it was pictures, but then the pictures would delete themselves after like 10 minutes or something. So people were sending nudes all over the place and then, oh, surprise, surprise, they weren't actually deleting them. But I digress. My, my point is FTX was using messaging apps that would auto delete after a certain period of time, probably to avoid um, submitting it as evidence at some point in the future, which like further indicates that you knew you were committing crime because you were trying to cover it up in real time. So Google destroying evidence isn't going to look good. Now, I don't know what happens in, in the situation where you're involved in an active lawsuit and then you destroy evidence because like that's a separate crime, I think. I'm not a lawyer. If there's any legal eagles uh, in chat right now, would love your thoughts. Or if you're watching on Team Replay, please comment on what is, what's the real impact of destroying evidence in an antitrust litigation. Um, I will say that bigger picture here, thanks, Navid, for the squad support. Um, I will say bigger picture here. First of all, way to go Google using your own products internally. That's kind of cool. But... Um, it sounds like there's an antitrust lawsuit around Android. Android operating system, I mean, 
I guess antitrust, but iPhone iOS is out there. Uh, people have forked the Android OS, right? Like Amazon has the Fire OS that is basically built on Android. Uh, so I don't really understand uh, this this litigation, this lawsuit myself. So I'd have to before I could really render an opinion on that. I'd have to understand more about what's going on. But um, yeah, destroying evidence not a good look for Google. So stay tuned. But at, again, at the end of the day. Google has very, very, very deep pockets. Cash, so, I mean, it, uh, you know, if it's just a fine at the end of the day, you know, it's the cost of doing business. A million pen tests show companies' security postures are getting worse. On Tuesday, analysis from one million pen Yeah, Kerry says that Android's Linux, not Apple iPhone. Yeah, my point is that from in an antitrust lawsuit, you're saying that there's no market competition. I'm saying that there are other mobile operating systems out there. And tests revealed that data exfiltration risk increased to an average score of 44 out of 100 in 2022 from an average risk score of 30 the prior year. This from a report from Simulate, who said one key reason for the increased risk is attackers improving tactics to circumvent network and group policies. Additionally, the company found issues with patching hygiene, with four of the top 10 CVEs identified in customer environments being more than two years old. On a positive note, companies have improved malware detection across major platforms, with many attacks being blocked by web gateways. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. North Korea. I, all right. I, I got to tell you guys, I might have to keep, I might have to get a mod chat stream channel. Like <laughs> the, 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 what's going on in mod chat right now is, is hilarious. Okay. So. Okay, a couple things. One, and guys, Simulate, I've done work with Simulate in the past. Um, so, but I say this uh, consistently about these type of news stories. So I'm going to continue to be consistent. Remember, anytime a vendor releases a report that outlines a problem in the market that's directly aligned to a product that their product, a problem that their product solves, you know, you've got to you got to be a little mindful that there is potential for bias. Okay, this isn't academic research. This is internal research. Now, having said that, Simulate does um, have real telemetry. So, anytime a company releases a report, but their their source of their um, data is from their product. So, like IBM X Force, Verizon Data Breach Incident Response, um, Cisco Talos, Microsoft, right? These, these platforms that have massive amounts of telemetry coming in are able to make quantified assessments and insights based on that data. And Simulate does have a lot of customers and a lot of um, uh, deployments in, in you know real organizations. So the, the data is probably based on reality. Now, their key finding, the thesis of their statement is that overall information security postures are getting worse. They talk about um, DNS, uh, SPF, which is around, um, is SPF around email? I, I might be wrong. I, th I think it has to do with email and knowing that um, the domain it's coming from is a valid domain and you aren't spoofing it. Uh, and then a lack of website protections, okay? Um, yeah, thank you, BSEC. So, so check it out. Um, it's kind of interesting. I want to see what they... What, what is this graphic telling me? You guys know I like a good graphic here. The exposure risk due to AFS has dropped. Data exfil has increased. Okay. So you could see that the, the three marks are per year, 20, 21, 22. Email gateway is kind of holding steady. 
Web, WAF has gone down incredibly, but data exfil has gone up. Well, here's the thing, guys. If I had to, um, I you know, identify some interesting things, um, or or here's this is a little bit of a key takeaway to um, for, for practitioners. Okay, if Simulate's data is suggesting that data exfil is going up, um, you know, first of all, I'd like to see if this is if they accounted for ransomware data exfil, yes or no, because that's that's important. But like just operating in a vacuum, when I look at this, um, for it to go up uh, from 27% to 44% in two years, this tells me that data exfil is serious and that I, as a CISO, needs to be mindful of where is all the data. I suspect that this has gone up so much because data is being pushed into cloud systems and not just one cloud system, but multiple cloud systems, including going to third-party vendors, and they're not protecting it. Because when you're talking about web application firewall or endpoint security, you're talking about the assets inside your control, inside your um, tech stack. With data exfil, yeah, you can exfil from a file server on-prem in your IT infrastructure, but it's way more likely that something like your Dropbox or your OneDrive, like data exfil is happening there, right? So I, I could see your cloud systems being um, really accounted for in here. So. Um, it's twofold, right? These are actionable takeaways. One, educate your end users because if Carl, Carl, if Carl doesn't know any better, Carl's going to sign up for OneDrive or Dropbox and put stuff there. No big deal. Plus, and when I say Carl, I'm talking about the business, right? The business doesn't think one way or the other. The business is about doing business. So if getting something on Dropbox so they can share content with other people is how they're going to do it. And you haven't told them that that's not a, a, acceptable or authorized. Uh, and for reasons, then they're going to do it. So then you start getting this like data sprawl, right? Data sprawl. I don't even know if that's a term. I'm just coining it right now. You get this data sprawl of data all over the place and you really can't get your arms around it because the business, you know, there's always going to be way more business people than there is InfoSec people. So you can't get your arms around it. So you need to educate them. And then secondly, if possible, you really, <clears throat> you really need to do an inventory of where your large data sets are. Like if you have data lakes, ooh, fancy term. If you have data lakes, big data sets, um, anything like that, make sure that the, the access to them is tight. When you have everyone access to big data sets, that is stupid. Yes, you don't get a call to the help desk that the new hire can't access the data because everybody can access the data, but you know, put a little bit of work into it, right? Restrict it down to who needs to have it and educate people. And the final thing I'll say is, even that's not bulletproof, okay? If you look at how LastPass, LastPass got hit just recently, only, <clears throat> only four people in the entire business had access to the main data set. Four people in the whole company, and one of them got popped for running Plex server software on their work computer. Okay, so it's not a silver bullet. That's that's another thing to take away here. I'm feeling spicy today, guys. Listen, there's another thing to take away. No matter what you do, you will never eliminate all risk. You will always, always, always have cyber risk at some point. You will have residual risk. It is impossible to remove all risk. That's why when someone asks, are we secure? That's a dumb question. And I say there are no dumb questions here, so let me walk that back. That is not the right question. That indicates that the person who's asking it does not understand 
what we're doing here. And it's an opportunity to educate them on security isn't what we're going for here. We're going for risk reduction and resiliency, ma'am or sir. Let me show you. High five. Now you got a best friend. All right, guys, let's keep rolling. And now mining for crypto to launder stolen loot. I'm like sweating According for this to coffee. A new report from Mandiant, North Korean state-sponsored hackers have begun adopting a new trick to launder stolen crypto. The group dubbed APT43 are paying their stolen coins to rent time on computers to mine for clean crypto. The new tactic comes as regulators worldwide have tightened their grip on crypto exchanges and laundering services that hackers have traditionally used to cash out their tainted coins. And now Okay, hold on one second. <clears throat> I ran out of coffee, and I'm gonna wait till the mid roll to pour another cup. But I am, I am, I am intrigued by the Sumatra. Okay, North Korean hackers use cloud mining services to launder dirty crypto. Okay, so check this out. This is actually really wild. First of all, obviously Finfrock. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, guys. So here's the deal, and um, let me let me explain this okay so north korea lazarus group very well-known apt if you haven't heard of lazarus group somebody please write it in chat just so um someone can google it if they need to lazarus group has stole hundreds of millions of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars in cryptocurrency multiple times lazarus group is behind the bangladeshi bank heist allegedly where they attempted to steal $1 billion, okay? And they only got $80 million, which is still not a bad payday. They were responsible for cracking the Axie Infinity Ronin Bridge and stealing $600 million last year. They have stolen so much freaking cryptocurrency. They, they are... They are, like, the wealthiest on paper, right? This, this, this gang. Okay, so here's the deal. You can't buy fighter jets with cryptocurrency you can't buy really anything with cryptocurrency and because of the blockchain uh, even saying it like makes like a like a little bit of uh metal taste in my mouth because of the blockchain you could trace everything uh andy sandberg's uh tracers in the dark book that out now i, I haven't started reading it it's my beach read uh, when i get time to read um goes into documenting how law enforcement how how law enforcement actually uses the blockchain to trace and track down criminals who committed cyber crimes now you got 500 million dollars a billion dollars whatever in cryptocurrency but you can't cash it out because every time you go to freaking cash it out you you like you can't cash it out because every time you open an account and you move money from a known criminal wallet into a legit account in order to transfer it out the second it i mean not the second it happens but quickly after it happens the, your coinbase's your binances your whoever um exchanges lock the account down in fact i read um i think it was a darknet diaries podcast i listened to or it was a book i read maybe 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 it was the interview actually maybe it was the interview with with uh andy on darknet diaries anyways the point is right now north korea will open an account with a fake person's name they'll have a they'll have a ai generated uh you know license in person and they'll open an account and they're only able 
to get about $50,000 worth of crypto out, right? So they'll open an account, which takes time, energy, and effort. They'll move some money in. They'll they'll cash it out to cash or, or whatever, USD, North Korean money, whatever it is, right? And they'll pull it out. So now they have a fistful of real money. But dude, it's only 50 grand. Think about this for a second. If you had a half a billion dollars in the bank, you can look at your bank account balance and you're like, yes, look how rich I am. You look at the bank account balance, but every time you went to the bank, you were only able to take out one-tenth of 1% of that amount. And you had to open a bank account every single time you wanted to do that. It's brutal. So North Korea is trying to find other ways to get their money out. And it sounds like what they're doing now is actually um, using cloud mining to mine new coins using their existing dirty coins. Um, you know, so we'll see how this goes. But I will give you this. Lazarus Group is freaking brilliant. I mean, as far as like their innovativeness and novel approaches, they definitely uh, kind of have like a skunk works uh, situation going on over there. I am going to be way over time today. We're at the mid-roll right now, and uh, it's already 8.40. Uh, advanced apologies to Base Case and NCC Group. I am wired on this, uh, <laughs> on this coffee. Wow. A word from our sponsor, Trend Micro. Cybersecurity is not just about protection. It's about foresight, agility, and resilience. Navigating a new era of cyber risk demands evolved strategies, new frameworks, and integrated tools to equip security teams to anticipate and defend against even the most advanced attacks. Trend Micro, the global leader in cybersecurity, is bringing the cyber risk conversation to more than 120 cities around the world in their latest Risk to Resilience World Tour, the largest cybersecurity roadshow of its kind. Find the closest city near you and register today to take a leap towards a more resilient future. Yes, resilience. Trendmicro.com slash CISO series. All right, we're on the mid-roll. Let's do it. All right, guys, really quick. Thank you all for being here today. It's been a great show so far. We're only halfway through. Take a minute, hit that like button. Help other cybersecurity professionals who are wandering around on YouTube. It's like stick, hit the like button. YouTube algorithm will tell those people we're in here. It's like hitting the like button right now is the equivalent of like opening the door to this meeting and sticking your head in the hallway and be like, hey, we're doing cyber stuff in here. Get in here. Like that's the equivalent of hitting the like button right now. So do me a favor, hit that like button. Thank you to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, XM Cyber, and Panop Psy Cybersecurity. I didn't uh, have a chance to tell you about them yet, but let me do it right now. Panopsi is run by my good friend, Brandon Poole, um, and their company uh, does many, many different things for their clients. But one of the things that they do is quantified risk assessment. So you can hire Panopsi to come in and do a quantified enterprise risk assessment on your business, where the output will be evidence-based, statistically sound information on percentages of risk reduction based on investment dollars. So, you know, hey, you're, you're kind of a hot mess over here. You have about a 14 to 27% chance of a ransomware attack this year. I would suggest investing $6,000 on this solution or this uh, approach, and you can reduce your risk from 14 to 27% to 12 to 15% for this um, amount, right? Something like that. That's what quantified risk assessments are. And they're very, very, very powerful. Um, go check out Panopsi, link in chat below. All right. All right. Also guys, if you, did you get the code name purple? 
Uh, Thread Intel email. I started sending a new email in con- collaboration with Codename Purple. Mondays, I send out the email that I write personally. On Wednesdays, I send out an email, but most of the content is provided by Codename Purple. And basically, I wanted to provide another piece of value to the Simply Cyber community. The Thread Intel email has about 10 different industries. So if you work in energy, transportation, finance, healthcare, professional services, energy, um, whatever, there is a, a story and some Threat Intel with sources there for you. Gary Sturgiotis got the email. Very nice. Guys, it's the second email, so holler at me with constructive feedback if you have it. Um, I'm trying to deliver value to the community, guys. That's what I'm trying to do, okay? So let me know in the uh, feedback or Discord or something like that. We've got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I I admit, um, I forget who, like, uh, Justin Rower did it yesterday. Uh, and I forget who did it, uh, who was tagged yesterday. I'm going to look it up right now. Jenny Housley has been very kind to help manage that. Um, let's see what we got here. I'm pulling it up right now. Shakira Williams. Shakira Williams. I didn't get a chance to uh, tag Shakira myself. I will do it after this stream. But if Shakira Williams is in here, please, Shakira. Um, did anyone see her post? Let me know. I'm going to... I'm officially putting a pin inside of Team Replay Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It's been too difficult to manage. But let's see Shakira. So we'll we'll take a look at it during the jawjacking. All right. Thank you, Navid Amir. All right, so we'll stay for Shakira. If Shakira doesn't get on by the end of the show, I will tag somebody in the jawjacking section. We're way over time, so let's keep on moving. I want to say what's up to Jack Scott. Kimberly can fix it. Joel Belton, Aaron KG, Josh Mason, the whole mod team, Justin Gold. Thank you all so very much for your continued support. B-Sex in here. Let's keep rolling. Exchange Online will soon block emails from vulnerable on-prem servers. Microsoft is slowly working to prevent risks associated with unsupported and unpatched on-prem Exchange servers. The company is enabling a transport-based enforcement system in Exchange Online that enables reporting, (laughs) throttling, and blocking of these risky servers. Uh. The new system will alert admins that a particular server is unsupported or out of date via a new email flow report in Exchange Online and a post in the Exchange Server Message Center. If after 30 days the vulnerable server is not patched or upgraded, delivery of emails from that server to Exchange Online will be delayed or throttled for five minutes. Throttling will gradually increase over a period of 60 days, after which Exchange Online will no longer accept any messages from the server. All right. So this is really interesting, okay? Guys, Exchange Online, Exchange On-Prem is so um, susceptible uh, to, to uh, exploitation, vulnerabilities. Threat actors are, are abusing them, using them as footholds into environments, but also using them to send emails out. Now this, to me, this is hilarious. Um, and it just, it just goes to show you, like, by the way, like, it, it just goes to show you how Microsoft views Exchange on-prem. Now, I also want to p- uh, point this out. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Dude, Microsoft wants everybody to get on Office 365. How do you get on Office 365? Well, first of all, um, you get off your on-prem infrastructure. How do you make that a compelling case? You do it by make an exchange on-prem worse, 
right? So emails aren't even going out now. We're not sending emails. Why is that? Oh, it's because we have this old dilapidated infrastructure. Well, how do we fix that? Well, let's go to Office 365. It's cheaper because it's a subscription model. It, but it's just funny that Exchange Online, it literally won't accept emails from Exchange On-Prem after a certain period of time, which they outlined in the story. If you're running Exchange On-Prem, you absolutely should be aware of this because you could experience um, like basically denial of service. Communications aren't going out because of this situation. Be mindful of that. I did bring up this picture. It makes me think of like this famous wolf pack and this wolf right here in the background is the old wolf. This is exchange on-prem and all of this other wolf pack is exchange online protection and they're like, we're just gonna slowly leave you behind because you're slowing us down and you're not, you're not good. You're not good anymore exchange on-prem. That, that's what's going on there. So uh, bold moves, I'm sure it's partially uh, to secure the end users, but also a uh, targeted effort to, um, to move forward with, uh, <laughs> to move forward with uh, getting more people in exchange online. Russia supplies Iran cyber weapons and growing military cooperation. According to the Wall Street Journal, Russia is helping Iran gain advanced digital surveillance capabilities, including eavesdropping devices, advanced photography devices, and lie detectors. This comes on the heels of Iran selling Russia drones for use in Ukraine, agreeing to provide them with short-range missiles and shipping ammunition to the battlefield. Russia and Iran, who both have sophisticated cyber capabilities, signed an agreement two years ago that mainly focused on cyber defense networks. Damn. Dude, this video shows police just, can you see this? The the police, the Ukrainian police, the police, they're not even military, I think. They're literally just firing into the air at drones. Dude, I'm not a soldier and, and I'm not trained in firearms. And I know many of you are prior military and definitely know how to shoot. Um, isn't it risky just to like shoot into the air? <laughs> in a city like don't those bullets have to come down at some point like if you don't hit the drone which i'm sure most of them are not hitting the drone can you just fire like in like into the air at a 45 degree angle and have it not be a problem this like this seems like <laughs> so stupid but i mean i guess at the end of the day if the drone has got a missile on it and it's coming at me i'm going to shoot at it too but it just seems um really crazy Honestly, now the bigger picture here is that Russia is supplying Iran with uh, cyber weapons. Um, this is no surprise, right, guys? When you're in a military conflict, you have allies and you have adversaries, and your allies are going to help you, whether it's through resources like money, uh, intel, supplies, uh, raw resources like steel or oil, or refined resources like drones or soldiers. It is what it is, guys. So this shouldn't surprise anyone. We're in the middle of a global conflict, right? It is. I don't know why we don't call it World War Three. Honestly, there are multiple countries involved, but I guess no one wants to stick that label on it. Um, you know, whatever. We'll see where this goes. The only thing that I would take away from this, from a macro level perspective, is um, if Iran is getting cyber weapons, you've got to think of what does Iran want to target, right? Like. Iran's not using its cyber weapons to help Russia attack Ukraine, right? As far as I know, Iran, um, Iran doesn't, um, Iran, Iran doesn't care about Ukraine one way or the other, right? I'm sure they'll help Russia if Russia asks, but 
Um, it looks like I, I just Googled like who's Iran's enemies or whatever, Saudi Arabia. So whatever. I'm, I'm not big on what's going on over there. I, like I don't, I, uh, meaning I don't know enough about it, but. Makers call on USPS to combat surge in fraud. A group of bipartisan lawmakers has called on the U.S. Postal Service to strengthen safeguards against change of address fraud. Change of address fraud is a low-tech technique that exploits gaps in how USPS handles in-person address change requests. While USPS is supposed to check a government-issued ID, such as a passport or driver's license, they were found relying solely on signed paper forms, often without any verification checks. The U.S. Inspector General recorded more than 23,000 such fraud cases in 2021 alone. The proposed provisions from House lawmakers would include allowing citizens to freeze an address change just as they could freeze their credit to protect themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good idea. I don't know, like, um, I don't know enough about fraud. I do depend on things like Principles of Fraud Examination, uh, which is an excellent textbook um, to help me understand how to commit fraud. Because I, I don't naturally think like like a criminal. Like, I don't think like a criminal, which is why I'm a terrible... Uh, offensive security professional, but you know, there's gotta be some way to, you know, like if I change your address, right. So now your checks come to me, right. Or your, you know, um, credit card pin reset email comes or, uh, letter comes to me. Um, here's the thing guys, USPS change of address. If you've ever moved, you know how you do it. It's so your, your mail comes to your new address. This workflow has been the same since like the forties, right? Uh, definitely needed to be modernized. I mean, I know you can do it online for a small fee. You can't make it exclusively online because there are people who do not have access to technology or internet or don't know how to do it. But I do think um, tightening up the, the process around validation of change of address uh, is important. Um, I love the idea of freezing the address. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, it, it could be a little tricky, but... Yeah. Anyways, way to go, USPS. Way to, way to, I mean, a little, a little behind the curve, a little behind the curve, uh, but, you know, way to go. CISA director says cutting agencies' budget would return it to pre-SolarWinds world. Oh, Jen Easterly. During a hearing with House Appropriation members on Tuesday, CISA director Jen Easterly defended the request to increase her agency's budget over the past year by about 5% to $3.1 billion. Easterly pointed to growing cyber threats from China and the need to better safeguard U.S. critical infrastructure to justify the increase. Easterly then warned if the agency's budget falls below 2022 totals to around $2.6 billion, or if the agency has to cut back on its regional partnerships, it would, quote, put us back in a pre-solar winds world where we'll lose that visibility we've developed and that's harmful to our security as a nation, end quote. Okay. Career goal, simply cyber career goal. Jen Easterly will be a guest at some point. I, I am such an advocate, such a fan of the work that she's doing. Genuinely appreciate it. Super cool person from what I understand as well. Jen Easterly, director of CISA. CISA has been going gangbusters on delivering value to the United States, right? Really pushing that public-private sector. They've got all sorts of advisories out. They've got the actively exploited vulnerabilities to help you prioritize where to focus. Yada, yada, yada. I could go on. The list of accolades is deep. Jen Easterly is saying it looks like, um, it looks like it's budget season, right? Everybody loves a budget. Great cash, homie. 
Um, yeah, I've got John Hammond, actually. Uh, mods are asking for John Hammond. John Hammond's actually coming on, I think, May 11th um, or May. John Hammond's booked. So, you know, know that. Where... Boom, roasted. Jen Easterly, uh, I, I haven't booked yet. But anyways, here's the point. When it's buzzard season, this is actually a good opportunity for anyone that wants to be a CISO, right, or active CISOs, please chime in on this. Guys, information security. Jen Easterly is basically in charge of information security, for lack of a better term, um, the GRC side of the thing for United States. And I, I know that's like a gross oversimplification, but get, just feel me on this one. Every budget year, the CFO looks at you or, or you go through the CIO so that you have to like convince your CIO that you're valuable. And then the CIO on your behalf has to convince the CFO that InfoSec is valuable, right? And we are seen as a cost center, we being InfoSec. So when you're writing the check for information security, you're, it's like really difficult for the CFO to understand why they're writing this huge check and what the value is to them. So you need to make compelling cases. This is why we bookmark all sorts of stories all the time in or that are directly related to our industry if possible, which is why I want you to get the Wednesday email, the one I sent out today, to start you know, cataloging those industry-specific stories because then you can make a compelling case. Listen, we need this money or like if you want, hey, it's, it's your decision. It's your decision. But if you don't fund our initiatives, we are at higher risk. Are you okay accepting a higher risk? Which by the way is why you would want to do a quantified risk assessment with Panopsi because you actually get statistical information to share in that. All Jen is doing right here, all Jen is doing is basically making a compelling case to the CFO and explaining that, listen, I need this budget. If you restrict my budget down, if you draw back the amount of money I have to run my program, my initiative, my office, we are going to be hindered. She is warning them right now. And it's key that she says pre-SolarWinds because SolarWinds was attributed to Russia. Russia is seen as a, a national threat right now to the United States along with China. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that she mentions pre-SolarWinds. Um, which solar winds, if you don't know, was like, in my opinion, the most significant cyber attack on like in, in history, right? For multiple reasons. And I know Stuxnet was a really big one too, but solar winds was bananas. Okay. That's what Jen's doing here. Jen is making a compelling case. I, I don't want to say she's using FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, but she is warning them that if you do not fund this, there is basically assured increased risk, right? That's the deal. Right now, we're at 25% risk reduction. You've accepted that risk. If you cut my budget, we will go up to say 35%, 40%. Business, are you willing to accept that risk? I am just an advisor here. I'm killing it as my job goes, but my job is to advise and inform you to make the decision. So cut my budget if you must, but understand what that impact is. That's what Jen's doing here. I hope they don't cut it. And that does it for today's cybersecurity headlines. And that does it to today's Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. If you were here just for the news, I genuinely appreciate you allowing me to go over. Um, shout out to Sumatra. We might have to revisit this one. Uh, hot takes all over the place. Before you go, though, I do want to share a really fun thing with you. Later today at 1130 a.m. Eastern Time, I will be going live with Threat Gen Red versus Blue. Now, if you're familiar with Threat Gen Red versus Blue, it's a cybersecurity simulation platform that allows you to either play as the red team or the blue team and go against an active adversary AI or go against another human. Just for fun, because I've done like a million of these streams now, just for fun, today 
I am going to be doing a... I'm going to be playing as the blue team, okay? But I'm going to be, like, doing a Dungeons & Dragons-themed stream. And what I'm going to do is basically roll a d20. And if you do know what Dungeons & Dragons is, basically there's, like, decision points. And then you roll a dice, so there's a little bit of randomness to it. And if, like, you know, 1 to 10 shows up, you take this action. Or if, like, 20 shows up, you take this action, right? Um... I'm going to basically make decisions as a CISO who's using a Dungeons and Dragons. So, like, I, 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 all the time, I'm like, let's use CIS 18. Let's use NIST cybersecurity framework. Well, what happens if we leave it to chance and we let D&D decide what we do? We're going to have a lot of fun. It's a little bit different um, of a playthrough today, but I'm excited about it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you can come hang out. Um, shout out and thanks to uh, the sponsors again, thank you so much. And uh, ACI Learning, IT Pro uh, for the Worldwide Wednesday sponsorship. Now, yes, I have played Backdoors and Breaches. Uh, great game. It's really fun. I've done it on stream with Black Hills as well. Uh, I genuinely appreciated that opportunity that they gave me. All right, guys, let me let me um, look at this really quickly. Come on, man. Hold on one second. I'm I, I'm seeing if I have time to jaw jack here. God dang. Um. It's coffee. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's jaw jack for a minute. So, hey, if you were here just for the news, high five. Thanks so much. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time because I am teaching at the Citadel tomorrow. But... Uh, I hope you can join us at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time today, which is in two and a half hours. Or... Tomorrow at 10 a.m. If you got a boogie, good on you. Oh, let's do this Simply Cyber a community challenge. Did Shakira mods or anyone did Shakira chime in? We got to tag somebody, right? I want to make sure that we keep this chain flowing. Let me let me see here. Let's do this. I've got this. I'm doing this live on stream right now. Got the hashtag I'm following Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I'm going to sort by recent. I do not see Shakira. So Shakira, unfortunately, busted the chain. I'm going to go ahead and tag someone right now. Let me, let me mark this. Let me mark this. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Safidius. Safidius. Is Jerry going to wear a Dungeon Master hat later on stream? LOL, that's funny. Safidius, may I, uh, can I tag you for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge? Yeah. Safidius, let me know if Safidius is, uh, you're willing to do it. And you'll have to tell, you have to share your real name, obviously, Safidius. For the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. There is a delay when I speak to when you guys hear it, about 15, 20 seconds. All right. All right, so since Sophidius did not comment, they may have dropped out, got to tag someone else. Let's see. All right. Yeah, JoJo? 
All right, JoJo. All right, JoJo is tagged with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. JoJo, you'll have to share your really your real name, so I can. Uh, I'm gonna tag JoJo. I just need JoJo's real name. Good luck, JoJo. I look forward to getting to know you a little bit better. And everybody go into LinkedIn when JoJo posts and tag. Connect with JoJo. Connect with those people who comment on JoJo's post. It's going to be good. But JoJo, we need your real name so I can document it. And so people know who to connect with you. I'm a little upset. Joseph Dunmore. Thank you, Joseph. I'm a little bummed out here that uh, I'm out of coffee. There we go. Make sure you do the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, JoJo. All right. Guys, I got the electrician here today. Putting in the electrical work for the upcoming lab. The Simply Cyber Lab presented by Palmetto Exterminators. Any constructive feedback on the uh, Threat Intel newsletter? Definitely interested in that. Coffee hasn't kicked in. Ooh. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure, Zainab Ball. <laughs> you guys, mods mods are out of control today. I love it. Getting juiced up all the way around today. That's right. Carries caffeine free. I love it. Love it. Love it. Nice. Thank you, Aaron KG. All right. Started doing push-ups. Nice, Christopher Cajal. I got to run more myself. Got to stay healthy. Healthy body, healthy mind. No, Shane Prevost is asking if you need to sign up for the Threat Intel email different than the newsletter. No. So, like, I'm not really good at, like, you know, email blasts and stuff like that. But, Shane... Basically, I have an email list and everybody who signs up on the email list gets the Monday email and the Wednesday email. And I'm building that list up. That way, if if A, if I get deplatformed for whatever reason, I'll still be able to reach out to people. But more importantly, if I have something to share with the community, I can I can blast it and push it that way. But right now, um, I want, you know, I definitely want to share the three actionable pieces on Monday and the Threat Intel on Wednesday. So be sure to sign up just once and you'll be on the Simply Cyber email chain, essentially. Gary Sergiatis going to B-Sides New Orleans. Nice. Steve Prentice is doing a live show there. Oh, actually, guys, dude, I'm telling you guys, like the best stuff comes up in jawjacking time. So check this out. I had a call with... um. Night Studios yesterday. We did like a we did a deep dive on Late Night with Jerry. So if anyone's interested in updates with Late Night with Jerry, that's what I'm about to drop on you. So um, we're definitely moving forward. My studio has been built, which is sick. Um, I've seen I've seen pictures. Um, I'm putting together show notes. Uh, my first season's going to be five episodes. Um, and this is a really cool thing to tease out. Okay. Um, one of the, like, so basically I go to Vegas for a week cause the studio is in Las Vegas. I go to Vegas for a week and I record a season of episodes, right? So it's like, it's like every day, like 12 hour days, busting my hump. And then I f fly back. 
um, we're going to work it out where one of the seasons I go do is going to be during Black Hat DEFCON. And uh, Alyssa had the idea, and I love it, was why don't we do in front of a live studio audience? Okay, so I don't know how this is going to work or anything like that, but... I want I want anyone that is in the Simply Cyber community um, that's going to be in Vegas that would want to come attend a live taping of my show late night with Jerry. Um, I, like I like she's like maybe we could have like twenty five people. I'm like Alyssa, like why we, like if we're gonna be a bear, let's be a grizzly. Let's go all in. Let's do like a hundred, two hundred people. And she's like, oh my god, Jerry. So she's like, should I bring bleachers in? I'm like, yes. So anyways. Uh, stay tuned for more information on that. I would love, <laughs> I would love it to have a live studio audience and just really kick it and have fun uh, with everybody uh, out there in Vegas. So uh, it's moving forward. I'm super pumped. I'm actually putting dates on a calendar uh, later today. Um, the show format, there's going to be like an opening monologue. Um, I'm not really a comedian, so we'll work on what the opening monologue is. I have a suspicion that it's going to have a lot of hot takes on it. Um, and then there'll be like, uh, like me at the desk, uh, kind of like a, a, a read through. I'll probably, you know, do some, like, I can't really do news because they're filmed in advance, but I can do bigger things, right? Like, um, you know, cyber weapons in the Ukrainian conflict. I could do, uh, you know, the white house's cybersecurity directive and the strategic direction, th those things. Then I'll have my guests. Then there's supposed to be some type of like open spot for like skits or, or maybe labs, right? Yay. And uh, maybe Cody Kinsey, maybe get my little, my little cat, my little kitty cat, rubber ducky, and then uh, close out the show. And that's what's going to go. So stay tuned for all of that. Thank you, Caleb. I'll be in San Diego on uh, April 20th. Oh, I have jury duty um, the week after April 24th. So um, just be aware, like I do have uh, Eric Taylor's graciously uh, sat in for me in the past. Jack Scott has sat in for me in the past. So um, we'll figure it out. If I have to cancel a show or two, I'll do that. But, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully I won't have to do that. You guys are, you guys are so funny. Like mod guys, mod chat is really, <laughs> we've hit critical mass in mod chat. All right. Oh, my God. Got hit with federal jury duty. Wow, Nathan Bolin. No, no, not the Alex Murdo trial. I hope not. Or else you guys could say goodbye. Like, I'll have to get a whole new host permanently for the show. All right. Yeah, maybe I'll have a dad joke segment on my show. <laughs> I have a lot. Of, I'll tell you what, guys. I'm very interested in um, in the Simply Cyber community's input and thoughts on the show. Like, Alyssa, it's my show, right? Like, Night Studios is producing it and distributing it and everything like that. But it is my show. Alyssa has given me a ton of latitude on what the show looks like, how it behaves, what the flow is, who I interview. Like, everything. I have, I have a lot of... Uh, um, I don't want to say authority, but I, I, I have a, ooh, I have a ton of influence in what the show looks like. So the Simply Cyber community, you guys have always been amazing with great ideas and great thoughts and stuff like that. So if you have anything, definitely share it. Um, and we'll, we'll get in on that. Um, also I want to remind everybody tomorrow, 
um, again, I'm really bad at these things, but tomorrow I haven't scheduled the meeting yet, but tomorrow on the stream, um, we will be doing a simply cyber conference, uh, uh, update and live stream. So, uh, people who are involved in kind of overseeing certain key areas of the conference will be on stream. All of you will be in chat, getting updates, asking questions, engaging. We'll have updates on marketing, on the website, on the nonprofit, on sponsorship, on speakers, on um, obviously the date is uh, November 8th at 11, starting at 11 a.m. It's a Wednesday. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. We've got a lot of great projects going on inside the Simply Cyber community. Yeah, that would be cool if John came on uh, and ran one of the... Th yeah, actually, you know what? I mean, um, what's it called? Um, Black Hills does do talking news, uh, I think once a week. But yeah, they they're no stranger to that. No, Aaron Katz, Gager. So I'm thinking... Um, it will be tomorrow because my my guest on Simply Cyber Live tomorrow had to reschedule. So there is a gap on Simply Cyber Live. And instead of just canceling the show, I thought this would be an opportunity to give updates to the community and make sure that we're being um, not just transparent, but like demonstrating that we are executing on the plan. This wasn't just like a let's do a conference and then no one ever talked about it again. I will say that my son... Callan has soccer practices on Thursday starting this Thursday at 5.30 to 6.30. So the Simply Cyber Lives for the duration of the soccer season um, will probably be 45 minutes long. Uh, my family is very important to me. Um, like, I, I love Simply Cyber, but, you know, my, my family is a priority. So um, even though it's soccer practice, I want to be there for those type of things. So just be aware of that. Oh, cool. Yeah, James Randolph. Talking news is a different vibe. That's cool. All right. All right, guys. The electrician has to shut the power off to my house. Okay. Um, the electrician's got to shut the power off to the house. So we are going to... Um, we are going to wrap up the show here. So thank you all very much for being here today. I hope you got value from the show. Hit the like button on your way out. Um, hopefully you can join me at 11.30 a.m. for the Dungeons & Dragons Threat Gen Let's Play. But if you can't, we'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks, everybody, so much. And until next time, stay secure.